Now, if I was wanting to encourage people in the scriptures, this might be the last chapter I would think about turning to. (laughs) But (laughs) what God is able to do... (laughs) The unwillingness of Israel and in the years of 1752 and... Seventeen, seven fifty-two and seven thirty-two, four kings of Israel were assassinated. That'd be Second Kings fifteen. So not a good time to be running for office in Israel. And in this chapter, Israel's sin is going to be exposed in verses one through seven, and then their acts of foolishness uh, eleven through 16. Now, I got to admit, um, this is, uh, well, that's also takes you, uh, includes um, verses 8 through 10. <laughs> the first seven verses are kind of weird because he's comparing, he's using the analogy of an, a baker and an oven. So I, you know, to interpret this is I mean, a lot of the commentators are even like all over the map with this. Like, okay, so Lord, where are we going with this, right? But I think the the king is sort of the baker. Uh, as I looked at it and thought about it, uh, the king is sort of uh, compared to the baker. So if you can put that part of the analogy together, you can make a little bit more sense. But Israel's sins are exposed. It's a time that God was continually reaching out to them. Wanting to heal them, now, I don't know about you, but you know, you know, people always say, well, oh, "I'm just a stubborn person." I don't know really anybody on the face of the earth that doesn't have a stubborn streak. It's just part of fallen nature, and one of the things that's when people know that they're dead wrong, and they're just unwilling to admit it and change. It's just like, wow! It just goes to show you how how much bondage is in our fallenness and we don't even realize it. And this is sort of an, an, an illustration of it as, we read, as we're going to read through this. I remember uh, the story so vividly and you know, I've lived most of my, lives, my, most of my life in the Lord so I've had you know, victory over the flesh and people who live a life in bondage, you can see it written all over their face. I mean, it's just... The sadness, the frown, it's, you, you know, you, you pretty much can see evidence of bad living when uh, in some people it's just written right there. And my sister's fa- uh, father-in-law, um, he was a believer, but he just couldn't, um, he grew up in an era where the using tobacco was not a sin, and I don't know that um, it's a sin to smoke. Uh, I don't believe there'll be smoking breaks in heaven, so uh, you might as well get over that now. <laughs> and so I'm, I would never, you know, judge. You know, if you want to do that, that's probably up to you. Not a good thing to do. And but it's beside the point. The point is, he he died from lung cancer. He basically bled to death in his lungs. I mean, that's what happens when you get uh, cancer in your lungs. Uh, and what was interesting, you know, son like father, uh, a couple of his sons smoked. 
and they they go in to visit dad who's on his deathbed and you know the guy's just barely breathing he's just hanging on for the last hours you know and what do they do when they leave and they walk out they light one up I mean do you not get what's going on here do you realize this activity led to that is that where you want to be and there's just this unwilling yeah I know it's just an, uh, my brother my oldest brother smoked for 45 years he quit just like that but too little too late he died at 64, and it had to do with the lungs. And I remember him saying when we were kids, put another nail in my coffin. <laughs> he was not exaggerating, but he was, you know, the joke. But just the unwillingness when people get into something, and they know they're wrong, and they're unwilling to change. And this is really a profound illustration of what's going on in Israel here. God was the whole time, Yahweh is reaching out to them, wanting to help them, wanting to heal. And this is what we'll read here, beginning in verse 1. When I would have healed Israel, then the iniquity of Ephraim was uncovered, and the wickedness of Samaria, for they've committed fraud or liars. A thief comes in, a band of robbers takes plunder or spoil outside, they do not consider in their hearts that I remember all their wickedness. Now their own deeds have surrounded them, and they are before my face. They make a king glad with their wickedness and princes with their lies. They're all adulterers, like an oven heated by a baker. He ceases stirring the fire <clears throat> after kneading the dough, until it is leavened. In the day of our king, princes have made him sick, inflamed with wine. He stretched out his hand with scoffers. They prepare their heart like an oven while they lie in wait. The baker sleeps all night. In the morning, it burns like a f flaming fire. They're all hot like an oven. They have devoured their judges. All their kings have fallen. And none of them calls upon me. So we look at this first paragraph here, and it's just, again, the Lord, his mercy, his grace. People who, who say, well, you know, the God in the Old Testament is so much different than, than the God in the New Testament. The God in the New Testament, I, I, I'm all right with, and I love Jesus too, but I don't know about the guy in the Old Testament. See, this is because they don't read the Old Testament. This is a picture. God is just tolerating and putting up with their stubbornness and their unwillingness to change. I w He's waiting to heal. He wants to. So what, 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 what happened in Israel? What, what really messed with them was their mixing. And he brings this out here. I don't want to say this because it's something to, to, to understand is that they took, they allowed the customs of the world to come in. They let the world come in and influence them, their, their value system, their religion, and a lot of the way they operated. And especially in the area of spirituality, the priests were not ordained by God. They, you want to be in a pre ministry? We just, it's a profession. Just go to school, go to seminary, and, you know, hey, you can offer, you can 
you know, you can do the offerings. We're just offering to the devil anyway, so it doesn't really matter. You know, they wouldn't say it that way, obviously. And so they have this, and this is probably the most dangerous thing in the church, is when we take, you know, the thesis and the antithesis. And one thing, we have Yahweh here, and we have calf worship here. And so let's mesh them together. Syncretism. That is what brought Israel down. That is what led to the complete destruction. And this is what, we think we're kind of above that in our Western culture. Oh my goodness, it's invaded the church. Look how, we, look how worship is conducted, generally speaking, in the Western church. Oh, it's, you know, contemporary worship. You know, no. I think the jean thing may be fading out, the tight jeans and the tennis shoes and, and the smoke machines. I think we're heading into another era. The nightclub scene in the church is maybe fading and we're getting rid of our smoke machines and we're going another route. But you see, we're taking what's out there, bringing it in because we think that will attract sinners somehow. You want to attract sinners? is the love of God. When they see the church really loving each other, when misfits fit in and they're loved and accepted for who they are and they're not judged. That speaks volumes. That's what needs to be happening in the church. Well, you don't dress right. Oh, you don't smell very good. I mean, all kinds of reasons why we can't, you know, associate with the, you know, the deplorables. But this, what's going on in Israel is this, the sins are just everywhere Yahweh looks. Everywhere he looks, it's nothing but sin. I mean, it's just kind of, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't help but reflect upon our own nation right now. Wherever we look, try not to look at the internet, because <laughs> that's all you see is a lot of evil. But that's what we have in our culture. But there are people, there are still people who, praise the Lord, the church, there's a, there's a remnant. God always has a remnant. Elijah thought he was the only guy. I look, bro, I've got 7,000. Don't just get over yourself. You're not the only guy that worships. There's, I got others. You know, we're not the only church, right? We've got to get over you know, that whole thing. But there's a time of great guilt. They were lying, the fraud, the theft, stealing from one another. And there, you know, just a, a, a negligence to self-examine. They, oh, so I, I'm, I'm a sinner? <laughs> Who are you talking about? What you're talking about doesn't apply to me. You, you surely are talking about to somebody else. It couldn't apply to me because I keep the law. Right. Your own law. And so, even so, they were claiming that self-righteousness. They were hemmed in actually by their sin that was so um, prevalent. And so then we get this picture, uh, uh, and, and, and as they reflect on it, they're not, they're, there's no accountability. They're, they're not, there's no conviction. The prophets are hated because their message of the true prophets came in like Hosea. And to bring conviction, they were hated. And they stoned a few of them. They killed, killed a few. But he goes into this breakdown of the leadership. 
And so what we have is the separation between the commoners and the leadership, as usually happens, the elite, lording it over the lesser thens. And everyone in the cabinet, the judges, the priests, all the leadership are in cahoots. And they, as long as there's prosperity and as long as there's enough to go around, everybody seems to be content. But when somebody isn't liked, then the conspiracy begins. And so what they would do in this period of time is they would, as we've read, all be smiles, let's party, let's have a good time, and they were just living it up. But in their hearts, they, were, they had evil intentions. As we've read there, they, they would get the king schnockered and just live it up and work behind his back only to stab him in the back. Fed him, you know, in verse 5 there. They, they made him sick with, and inflamed with wine. That's, they, give him, they poisoned him, in a sense. And this, again, this analogy, uh, I'll try to, to work through this a little bit here. Like an oven heated by a baker, it ceases stirring the fire. Now, the baker... It goes on, let's, talk, let's get all these put together here at once. He ceases stirring the fire, and then we go on down a little bit further. The baker sleeps all night. In the morning, it burns like a flaming fire. So normally, the baker is going to have to stay up at night. He's not going to sleep through the night because he needs to stir the fire so it's ready to go in the morning. And the food, the bread, is ready to go first thing in the morning. You can't be sleeping all night and expect to have the bread come out first thing in the morning. You know, so something's not right here. And the analogy, I think, here is that the king should be doing his job, but he's not. He's not stirring the pot or stirring you know, the, the fire to make it stronger uh, through the night so that it's good and ready to go in the morning. He's neglect. He's neglecting his responsibility as the leader and this allows the corruption around him to just fester and grow and become uh, increased in, uh, as, as we read here uh, in their conspiracy against him. While they lie in wait. They're just waiting for the opportunity to stick this guy and take him out. And I can't help but think that's what's going on in, in, in our country presently. It's just a matter of time when... Something's probably going to happen. And you can read between the lines there. It just, this is the, it's, I just, look, look no further than what's going on in our country and in, in our president administration and in our Congress. These people, it, when it all starts going bad, right now everybody's partying. Everybody's got lots. The money's coming back from Ukraine like there's no tomorrow. What's the, let's just keep spending this money. We've got no fiscal responsibility. We've got a, a printing machine here. We can print all the money we want. And there's no accountability with the public. You wait till this all tightens up and watch the knives come out. That's my thoughts. And this is what, I mean, we're just repeating history. 
This is human nature. This is what happens when people are unwilling to repent and turn back to God. And they don't, you know, God gave us the Ten Commandments. You don't steal, you don't cheat, you don't lie. He gave us those commandments because that's what we're prone to do. And if we do that, this is what happens. You know, it's not hard to figure out here. It's a, it leads to destruction and it leads to disaster. And, then, and, and on the other hand, the Lord is, I'll heal you. How many of you experienced that? You grew, we grew up in this. I mean, this has been going on for decades, right? This isn't anything new. But we were caught up in that, weren't we? And somehow that pain and sorrow, we came to the Lord. And, and that, we found out how willing the Lord was to heal us. He's always willing. He's just looking for the opportunity for you to turn so he can do that. They are unaware of how close they are to devastation. As he uses the phrase there, um, I've got to bring this out. Yeah. In, in, we haven't read it yet, but I can't, I've got to jump, jump ahead a little, a little bit here. Aliens have devoured his strength, but he does not know it. Yes, gray hairs are here and there on him, and yet he does not know it. And the reason why I bring that up, I don't know, and this is, it doesn't make any sense why you would use that. There's a couple different words in the Hebrew, and it could be referring to the bread has gray on it, which means it's mold, which again is another indictment against the king who's not doing his job, you know, you eat, if you don't, that's one thing about bread, when it's freshly baked, oh my goodness, it's the best thing, it's the bread of life, <laughs> who doesn't like bread and butter and jam, Ooh, out of, fresh out of the oven, that's how you eat bread, what if you leave it for a couple of days, outside, out, on, out, out in the air, if it's really true, without any preservatives, what's going to happen to it, it's going to get moldy, this is what was happening. He was neglecting his responsibilities uh, in, in, in taking care of his kingdom. Well, so having jumped ahead, let's, let's read those verses and finish the chapter here. Ephraim has mixed himself among the peoples. Ephraim is a cake unturned. Aliens have devoured his strength. And he does not know it. Yes, his gray hairs are here and there on him. Yet he does not know it. And the pride of Israel testifies to his face. But they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all of this. Ephraim is also like a silly dove without sense. They call to Egypt. They go to Assyria. Wherever they go, I will spread my net on them. I'll bring them down like the birds of the air. I will chastise them according to their congregation what their congregation has heard. Woe to them, for they have fled from me. Destruction to them, because they have transgressed me against me. Though I redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. They did not cry out to me with their heart when they wailed upon their beds. They assembled together for the grain and new wine. They rebel against me, and though I disciplined and strengthened their arms, yet they devise evil against me. They return, but do not, not to the Most High. They are like a treacherous bow, and their princes shall fall by the sword, for the cursings of their tongue 
this shall be their derision in the land of Egypt. So there, again, we see this, what led to this, and this adapting world culture, this mixing. Um, and when they allowed the foreigners to come in and influence them spiritually, politically, and all other value system, it ended up taking what God had provided for them. That, that prosperity that was prophesied under Jonah was quickly eaten up and taken away uh, by the foreign countries. And what did they do? Well, instead of turning to the Lord, well, let's, let's, let's turn to, you know, Egypt. Let's turn to the world. The world has all the answers. That's the same thing that people do when they're unwilling to change. And they start, the pain is increased in their lives because of their rebellion. And so what do they do? They go see a shrink. They're looking to the world to help them out of their guilt and all the other things. It's not going to work. It never does. Looking to the world is just going to add to the devastation that's coming upon them. All because they failed to repent and they failed to, to seek the Lord. They're like a silly dove. There's no sense. Just think, you know, the chapters before, they've been offering their children upon the altar. We're talking, let's compare that to abortion. We have a friend of ours. He's a really good friend. He wrote a, several good songs years ago, back in the 80s and 90s. And one of the, the songs that he did was so vivid, the lyrical content, Mike Reese. And he's describing what happens in abortion. Blood runs under concrete. It's all hidden. It's all, all out of the sight. When a person who believes in abortion actually sees what actually goes on, they're horrified. If they ever take time to look into it, they, if they shudder. They're, they're just, just beyond words. Well, this is what happened. They were offering their children you know, upon these altars. Murderers people and that they had no sense their hearts were so callous and so hardened you know this is one of the things about that whole thing that just sends me over the edge the God in the Old Testament is so immoral he kills people so it's not right to kill right so it's immoral for God to kill, but you, are you pro-life or pro-abortion? Oh, well, pro-abortion. So isn't that kind of a double standard? You're accusing God of being immoral, and yet you murder, and it's okay. That usually shuts them up, but they don't think it through. It's a blindness. It's a hardness of heart. You know, it's like, a, you know, this, what does a silly dove do? I mean, her... Her young are getting ripped off either by a snake coming in and get the eggs or some other vultures taking the young and yet she continues to build the nest in the same place, right? I mean, that's just dumb. Kind of like dumb chickens. They're just dumb. They think there's a reason why people are, the phrase bird brain comes about. <laughs> they just don't know, right? They have no heart. They have no sense. They have no understanding. They just... They're a silly dove. You know, as John, as I've, I love this quote, I've said it a few times. Life is hard, John Wayne. <laughs> Life is hard, stupid makes it harder. And that's, what, that's where they were living. 
I don't want to live on that street. Neither do you. And looking to the world uh, is not a, a wise thing to do. In fact, they begin to run, and this is what people begin to do. You see this progression, the party scene, the backstabbing, the devastation, and now let's run for our lives because all hell is breaking loose. And where do they try to go? They try to go to these other countries, and God says, look, go ahead. I'm just going to throw my net over you and have fun breaking through that because I love you enough to not let you go there to completely destroy yourself. Every way, every step they take, there's a resistance by Yahweh because he's so willing to heal. And this is what people mistake. It gets harder for people who rebel because the pain increases and yet God is allowing it, allowing them to choose, but in hopes that that pain will stop them and they'll turn to him. I'm telling you, when you, when the, you turn people... <laughs> Paul made this statement in Corinthians. I've turned him over to Satan that he learned not to blaspheme and, 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 you know, that the spirit might be saved in the day, right? That's an interesting little phrase. I don't know that I've ever turned anyone. Maybe I have. I can't recollect right now. Have you ever turned anybody over to Satan? Because <laughs> you know what that means is they're going to get hammered like they've never been hammered. Really, it's going to be really painful and sorrowful for them. And so the Lord will resist them. It's going to be a hard landing for them. It's just reprimand and punishment after punishment because they're running away. And if they continue to go, it's just going to be destruction for them. They're in a trap. They're just trapped. You and I who've come out of loose living or whatever, that kind of scene, it's a trap. You, you gotta, and, and he talks about them not, earlier we read they don't, they don't um, respond with their heart. Everything's in their mind. And not until it, you get to the deepest core of your being. People know in their minds are stuck in this little echo chamber of mental conversation with themselves. And that that isn't sufficient for repentance. It has to come from deep inside. I cannot live this way anymore. I want to change. That's when God's ears open up. And that's when you begin to see the sincerity come about. You know, they, uh, they were resisting the truth. They just lied to themselves. And yet they all go to church. It's really kind of sad. They were religious people. We 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 give offerings. We 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 sacrifice, and so you have this outward show, but inward there's just death all over. It's they appear want to appear to be sincere, but in reality they're not, because look how they're living. It's it's a it's a disconnect. So the Lord, as we see, continues to work with them. And they continue to choose evil over good. And I tell you, this is just a sad chapter. To, uh, exposure of the unwillingness of human fallen man to, to repent. And it might get a little better as we go through the chapter here, but this is the way it is. Um, and to me, when you, again, you make the 
the modern day comparisons are pretty easy. The foolish acts uh, that our country is doing, the foolishness of rebellion against God. The, we know where this is going unless we repent. And, you know, I'm thankful that we have the opportunity to pray because God is hearing our prayers. God is answering. Um, 